You are listening to the Critical Mass Radio Show, Orange County's business talk show focused on exploring topics of interest to CEOs who are leading middle market companies with your host, Richard Franzi. And welcome to this episode of Critical Mass Radio Show and Podcast. I am your host, Richard Franzi, and this is podcast episode number 1,119. Bayview Property Management manages homeowners associations and common interests throughout Southern California. They protect clients' financial and physical assets while providing risk management and customer support. That's why I've invited the owner, Ninder Chima Jordan, to come and share a bit about her entrepreneurial journey. Uh, I love this person since the first time I met her, and I'm excited to finally be able to get her on the radio show. She's been super busy here in 2018. Ninder, welcome to the radio show. Thank you. Thank you for having me here today. So uh, let's talk a little bit about you. Kind of interesting story or sort of your path to Bayview. It's funny you should ask that because I was reminiscing quite a bit last Friday. Last Friday was June 1st. Right. It's exactly three years since uh, we bought Bayview. My husband and I own the company together. Wow. And um, I was thinking uh, about my journey to Bayview. You know, back in 1995, I'd bought my my husband and I had bought our first home. I was a stay-at-home mom, and had my first introduction to homeowners associations because, not even really fully understanding it, we'd bought into a homeowners association. And um, as I started learning more about my community, I wanted to become more involved, and um, so I decided to ask around about the board and how the community was governed and found out that the board at that time was holding a lot of what I would call secret meetings, not putting up agendas, hmm. not sharing what they what decisions they were making. Um, they were making it very difficult to get minutes and so on. So, And that's not a best practice for no, homeowners associations, right? I mean, that's it's a, illegal It's supposed now. to be transparent. Yes, it's, yeah. it's very illegal. <laughs> and so I decided to run for the board. Uh-oh. And so what I would do is when my husband came home from work, I'd hand him the two kids, mm. a one-year-old and a two-year-old, and I would go talk to the neighbors. And I did that for a period of months. Sometimes I would talk to the neighbors uh, individually for an hour. And I started learning about what the neighbors cared about, and I decided to run for the board and luckily um, received enough votes to become board president Jeez. as well. Brought that transparency. Never even, at that time, I don't think I even fully understood that uh, those were legal requirements. And so brought transparency to the board, encouraged more homeowners to attend so we could get their input. And then um, something that most people don't like to talk about is also initiated a very large multi-million dollar construction defects lawsuit because in the first year of living in that community, uh, we had three or four roof leaks Mm. without it really even getting into the rainy season. And that was a bad sign because we weren't even one full year living there. Right. And so without the support of our our property manager, I um, worked with the board and brought in a um, construction defects attorney and engineer. And as they say, the rest is history. But that was my first experience with property management. And here we are now, almost 22 years later, kids in college. Yes. And um, and just finished paying off the, the purchase of Bayview and now bringing transparency, um, resident engagement, sharing information openly, 
talking about compliance issues. That's what we do now, seven days a week. So, you know, I think it's, thank you. I think it's a best practice for entrepreneurs to be able to tell their origin story. And if I feel like that's what I just heard from you, which was your origin story of how you guys, you know, the the relationship you have and how you ended up getting into property management. And uh, congratulations, Thank by you. the way, for three years paying off your loan. That's that's exciting. Right? Now we can focus on growth and other things we've been wanting to do, but right. haven't had the funds to do. Yeah. Because those first, you bought an existing business. Yes. But yes. you had to, like, you know, anything, you had to probably fix some things, change some things and make things work for you, right? Yes. It's not the same business it was three years ago. No, a lot of staffing changes. Um, uh, It's been difficult in that only two of the original staff remain with us. Uh, Well, no, actually it's probably more like three, but we focused on, you know, what is the culture we wanted to create in the business and, um, and Either folks left because they didn't like that culture, right? And or they were asked to leave. But the culture to me and those things I talked about: transparency, treating all homeowners equally, not having favorites, um, you know, following the rules. Those things are really important, and we need everybody in the company to be doing those things to create not only a company culture, but then a reputation for our company. So there are all different sized homeowners associations in Southern California. Yes. Big ones, little ones, condos, just just the, the range is staggering, really. Yeah, from two on. Right. You, you can form a homeowner association with two, <laughs> with a duplex. Doesn't work for one? <laughs> no. That'd be awkward, right? The meetings would go quickly, yes. I hope. But anyway, I digress. Um, have you found the areas within that whole market that Bayview is, you know, is kind of the best niche for you. Who do you service and what kind of clients do you like to bring to the brand? Yeah. So there's there's homeowners associations that are in the thousands of units. I, I don't think we're ready to handle a 10,000 unit association, but uh, certainly we handle uh, homeowners associations in the 500 plus range. Okay. Um, we Our smallest one is actually three units and we have everything in between. So... What I would say our niche is, is, you know, the Southern California Geographic Territory. And one of the things that I enjoy, and I think the the team really enjoys, is we love going into homeowners associations that have had some difficulty in the past, and now we're trying to right the ship. So either they have financially not kept up um, with making sure they have enough money in their reserve account and... Um, or they haven't maintained their property or buildings well, or they've had other, some other kind of dysfunction or compliance issues. And we really love going in there, educating the homeowners, um, helping the board write that ship and bringing them into a compliant state where we can feel like that every homeowner, and for most homeowners, their home is their biggest investment, right? Right. And we want to feel good about that. We want to feel like we brought those homeowners value for their biggest investment. And at very early on in the first year of our business, I remember saying to the team, you know, we want to maintain property values. And then a member of my team who was very junior, had only been with us for about six months, said, why aren't you saying increase property values? Like the work we should do, the work mm. we do should increase property values. The, the homes, the communities, the common areas. Right. They should be even better maintained because Bayview's in there and we're doing very diligent work. Right. And so that's kind of the philosophy we have now is if, 
you're working with our company, our goal is to help increase property values. It's it. Thank you. So we've got about two minutes till our first break. My engineer just told me. For those of you on Facebook Live, hi, how are you? We don't want to ignore you. This will be up on uh, YouTube eventually as well, Ninder. Um, it's an interesting business because your clients are volunteers, right? They're the, they're the boards who volunteer. They're homeowners yeah. themselves. And so you're really, the relationship that you develop with your board is a high, has to be a high level of trust. It does. And one of the things, well, let me say one thing before I answer that. The way I, I speak to boards is I say our first alliance is to the homeowners association as a whole. We want to protect everybody's interest as a community. Our, our second alliance or the second entity that we serve is the board because you're the ones that are volunteering and you have to make the difficult decisions. So we need to provide you with really good data to make those decisions. Right. And then I would say the, the, the third entity that we also have to take care of and sometimes these things get in conflict with sure. each other and different people have different needs or different entities, is the individual homeowner. You know, we want their experience living in that homeowner's association to be a good experience, but because it is a homeowner's association, there are going to be rules that people have to follow, and that's where sometimes we get into difficult situations and conflict. Yeah, I, uh, you know, the, the interesting stories are the ones where there's conflict, right? I mean, because if it's everything's running smoothly, well, but th there's a lot of responsibility that when you run for the board that you take on for the association, because you really do have to maintain a certain amount of reserves and be ready to mm -hmm. fix things, and especially in the common areas, and that's a heavy... And a lot of people have different opinions. Yes. And not everybody agrees. No. And then managing those and sort of, you're, you're not getting paid to do this, but it's a very political, it feels like it can be a very political position in the sense that you have constituents that you have to please. Yeah, it's a really thankless job for the board members. It really <laughs> is. It. Yeah. You said it, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> I mean, I want to encourage people to run for boards. I think we need more people to be engaged in their communities. Right. Um, but it is a thankless job because whether you vote for an increase in assessments because it's the right thing to do, because you have parts of your property that haven't been maintained, or whether you decide to, you know, start on a specific street during a landscaping project, and then everybody says, why didn't you start on my street? It's because you, know, you live on that street. You, the board lives on that street, right? <laughs> no, I usually tell them to do their houses last. <laughs> um, but those are the things that, that create problems. Sure. And, and so one of the things I like to talk about is part of our role, and we're kind of really catching our stride with this and becoming more comfortable, is speaking truth to power, hmm. right? So these board members, um, whatever community they're in, we need to be able to not afraid of losing our contract with the board or that community, but be able to tell them the truth. Even right. when, you know, in, in the end, it's the board's decision. We're, we're going to, as long as it's, uh, there's nothing illegal that the board's doing, we're going to follow through with the board decides. But there are times, and I had an experience recently where a board member actually had several violations, and when he received a violation notice, he um, came, wrote several scathing kind of, and this is a very kind of gentle, mild-mannered board member, but this violation just set him off. And he wrote some very strong emails to the assistant property manager, and then he actually made, um, came in to see me and was very upset about it. And I just said to him, and I was very scared because we can't afford to lose any accounts, and we don't want to lose accounts, but I said to him, I said, listen, you want a property management company that has complete transparency towards the board? If you want that, we can't pick and choose where we're transparent, and we can't pick and choose where we're fair. If you want to be that person, you have to be that person in all your actions. 
And so writing this violation for you was just following through on a process that you and the other board members created, a uh, process that's already in our rules and regulations. All we did was speak the truth. You had these chairs on your patio that oh shouldn't have been there. <laughs> and, you know, and if you want to challenge it, let's go to a board meeting and have yeah. a discussion. But our job is to, to be honest. Right. And we cannot... If we are, if we waive your violation, then we slowly start degrading the honesty of our company, and exactly. we can't do that. That's awesome. And he listened. And um, the funny thing is, the next day, uh, a new property that was soliciting our business called him and asked, uh, talked to him as a reference, and he told him that story. And he said, you know, I was really, really mad and upset with Ninder and the team, but um, this is the kind of person she is, this is the kind of company they have. Wow. And um, I think if you work with them, you'll be really happy working with Bayview. So that was a that, is. that was a nice feeling. Right, so it has a happy ending. It does, it was okay. very scary. You're right, you had like me in the middle Like a lo there. lot of business yeah, things, it's okay. very scary. When you went to your office, I thought, hey, this could get very unpleasant. <laughs> All right, we're gonna take a break here on okay. Critical Mass Radio Show and Podcast. I wanna come back and ask you to talk about corporate social responsibility because i know that's an important element for your firm yes Can we it do is that? yep all right absolutely. ladies and gentlemen don't you go anywhere because as the loyal listeners know of critical mass radio show and podcast this is really a brief short little time out it's just something from me best-selling author richard franzi's what marshall goldsmith is called an incredibly poignant foray into the realm of unintended consequences of executives' decisions. In Killing Cats Leads to Rats, Mitigating the Unintended Consequences of Business Decisions, Richard Franzi takes a close look at the impact of unintended consequences on business performance and employee engagement. Through the retelling of the experiences of executives at Pepsi, Wells Fargo, Kodak, Volkswagen, and many others, Richard paints a compelling real-world account for how executives leading firms of all sizes must do a better job of anticipating and controlling the outcomes of their strategic business decisions. Killing Cats Leads to Rats is available through major bookstores in paperback, Kindle, and audiobook formats. To learn more, visit www.richardfranzi.com. Welcome back to this edition of Critical Mass Radio and Podcast. Did you know that all of our shows can be heard any time of the day, anywhere in the world, on iHeartRadio, iTunes, Stitcher, Spreaker, several hundred former guest websites whose CEOs have appeared on our show? Since we started this show in 2009, ladies and gentlemen, we've reached hundreds of thousands of listeners through our live stream here on octalkradio.net, the podcast platforms that I mentioned, as well as YouTube and other platforms we use. Simply type in Critical Mass Radio Show into your favorite podcasting software, and you'll get interviews, great interviews, with guests like Ninder, who is our <laughs> 1,413th guest that we've had on the platform. So before the break, I was going to ask you, I want to talk a little bit about social responsibility. C can you share with us? what you're doing in the communities and how this comes up for you and your firm? Sure. So when we started the company, um, my husband and I talked about, like, we, we'd both come from corporate jobs and are very thankful for the jobs we had and the opportunities we had and the training we had. But there was one piece of that that I think we both wanted to do better and that was like, how do you create a company culture and a value-based company? And so we came up with six values that were really important to us. 
and if we have time, I can go into all six of them, but one of them is corporate social responsibility. We wanted to create a company that does more good in the community than it does harm. Mm -hmm. So whether it's practices like, you know, we talk constantly about, you know, reduce, reuse, recycle. Within our company, we've done tiny little things like everything gets recycled, all paper, plastics, all that kind of stuff. We've gone away from all paper products in our, you know, our kitchen and our events and uh, team events. Everything is dishes now. We just made a one-time investment in that. Even to the point that one of the properties we manage that's very large, we've helped them move away from the use of paper products for all their social events and um, engagements. Also, I think corporate social responsibility speaks to, for example, today, we talked to our team and made sure, and I always write an email and make sure everybody knows they can take any time out to go vote. If they aren't sure or comfortable about reading their ballot, I'm not going to tell them how to vote, but I will set a lunchtime with them and I will walk them through the ballot, sources they can look at, help them, you know, learn more about the process of voting and getting engaged. And then now that we have paid off the loan, I think I need to start looking at more ideas such as days of volunteerism in the communities we work in. You know, we, our office is, one of them is in La Jolla and one of them is in Buena Park. And so we want to do more for those communities. We Mm -hmm. want to feel like we're not just taking for that, from that community, but we're giving something back as, as a corporation. Well, that's great. I wish we had more time to get into your other five. Maybe you'll come back. Sure. Okay, because I believe that's great that you have spent time working on kind of your core philosophies and core principles. And um, I wanted to ask you, you know, what makes Bayview unique other than, and I think you started sharing, but it's a crowded space, mm-hmm. right? It is. Um, and and you're dif- you need to differentiate. How are you differentiating? You know, early on... Um, when I started learning about property management, one of the things that I guess saddened me or worried me about this industry was the relationship that property manager management companies have with their vendors. And the more I learn about this industry, that concerns me still today. Hmm. And so very early on, we established a very strict gifts policy, um, kickbacks and gifts policy within our company. And taking any kind of lunch, cocktail, bottle of wine. Um, I was saddened last week because Rebecca turned away somebody with chocolate chip cookies, one of our vendors. <laughs> Literally, they showed up with warm chocolate chip oh, cookies for God, us. Right? I'd written an email saying, please don't come, but they showed up anyways. And huh. we literally turned them away at the door. And while that seems small, the one of the concerns I have in the way this industry is growing is that recently I was interviewing banks to work with and and a representative from a very large bank that works with a lot of property management companies says, tells me that one of the biggest property management companies is getting ready to go to no management fee. So we charge a management fee for our services. But they're getting ready to go to a zero management fee and the sole way they will make money is by bringing in the vendors and getting a portion of what the vendor makes. Wow. Right, so this is... the more people I talk to in our industry, the more managers, when I interview people that have worked at other property management companies, this is one of those parts of the industry that I think we all need to watch out for, especially boards need to watch out, watch their management companies for that, 
but we need to break that tie between management companies and vendors mm. and have management companies be loyal just to their boards. If that's the only hand that feeds them, that's who they're going to be loyal to. Right. But if they're getting other revenue streams from their vendors, then that becomes problematic. Mm. Um, same thing with construction defects. If management companies are getting all their new clients because they're working with a builder, well, when the builder is done and moves out of that property, that management company that's going to get all future work from that builder is very loyal to that builder. And I actually recently interviewed somebody who told me that at her firm, they were never allowed to speak about construction defects. They were seeing things happen on the property wow. and they were not allowed to speak about it because it would damage the relationship with the builder. So that's what makes Bayview unique. I don't want to be that company. That's not how we want to make money. And when I talk to our team about these values, they don't want to make money that way either. They want to f find a way to creating a successful business where we are loyal to that single entity, which mm -hmm. is the homeowners association and the board. Wow, that's a that's a very powerful point of differentiation. And I was taking notes as you were talking because you know my latest book is about unintended consequences oh, of yes. strategic business decisions. This feels like that discussion about the large property management company, there's unintended consequences there. I you, think there will you, be. You might have hit on one, which is we can't say bad things about our key suppliers because they're paying the bills. Right. That seems to me, that's very interesting. Thank you for giving me more homework. Yeah, and, and, I, and I don't want to speak ill of any no, other management company. No. I think it's just an industry-wide thing that we all need to right. watch out for. Right. And, and what a great response to someone who says, well, why are you charging management fees? You, yeah, you've got a great <laughs> because answer. this is the only way we're going to make money is right. from serving and you. Wouldn't you rather that be the case? Yeah, yeah, I would hope so. Right, I would hope so too. Yeah. All right. Oh, what a great interview we're having here on Critical Mass Radio Show and Podcast. <laughs> um, author Michael Gerber, who wrote the E Myth and E Myth Revisited, said CEOs and business owners must spend time working on their business and not just in their business. What are you doing to get outside of the business so that you can bring in fresh ideas and best practices? Well, one of the first things that I'm really thankful for is an organization we work with, which is the Community Associations Institute, and that's where we met, yes. because you were a keynote speaker there. Yes, I was. And um, so I'm really thankful for that opportunity, because I'm, I'm a small business owner, but I was sitting with CEOs from the largest and uh, mid-sized, you know, probably I think there were a couple hundred CEOs there, and getting the opportunity to talk with them about the business challenges that was very rewarding, and I felt very grateful for that opportunity. Right. Also, I think when you surround yourself with peers uh, that, that are truly interested in what is the business or the service we're trying to deliver, and you can talk about each other's businesses and things they're doing, that for me is very revitalizing because mm -hmm. then I'm like, i got to step up my game. Every, <laughs> every time I meet a business partner or, or somebody, I'm like, i got to step up my game. There's so much I should be doing better. And so I think that's great for the industry. When, when you can have those kinds of um, meetings, and CAI does a great job of that. Um, you know, business books, obviously. Um, I worked at Underwriters Laboratories UL, and mm. I worked in their training department for the last third of my career there. And um, so training, constant training. I think you have to get out from the day-to-day the -day operation and step away, read uh, business journals, um, listen to podcasts such as yours, go to these types of conferences and just constantly be educating yourself. So it can't just be getting, you know, channeling through the emails. You have to find time to do the other things. I, I um 
10 years now I've been doing this and it, it's amazing to me how much business owners running small and middle market companies have to know to yeah. successfully just to stay out of trouble, right. whether it's employment law or whatever. Yes. But then again, to be on the upside of growing the business and to be working on the things that could, you know, the changes in your industry, it is really a daunting challenge to successfully grow and scale a business here, not just in California, it's not just because we're in California and the regulations, it's just running businesses in general. Yes, and I think, you know, so finding as a small business owner, we reached this milestone on June 1, and now the next phase is really focusing on improving processes and focusing on growth. But then at some point, I've got to find work-life balance. <laughs> but I don't, oh, I don't, I don't know if no, that's possible with yeah. being a small business no, owner. <laughs> they, they, kids are off at college. Come on, True. now's the time to work hard. I, you know, I think I think that all the time. That's what keeps me going. I'm like, this is the time to work hard, as if I didn't work hard. Exactly. Raising three kids. Exactly, yeah. and working at UL and yeah. and running their training and all the rest of that. So, uh, unfortunately, we are out of time. But I can't stop without saying, if someone wants to learn more about Bayview Property Management, how do they find you online, Ninder? Um, so we do have a website. It's Bayview MGMT. So that's short for management. MGMT, Mike Golf, Mike Tango. Thank you. Dot com. And Bayview spelled? B-A-Y. B-A-Y, sorry. V-I-E-W. My bad. Let me start How do you spell Bayview? <laughs> My fault. Yeah, no worries. It's just so, like it sounds. Yes, just like it sounds. Right. Yep. All right. Well, this has been great. I truly have been excited mm-hmm. to have you on the show since I first met you. And I know that you've been heads down working in the business, and I think that's awesome. And I'm really happy with the progress that you've made. Welcome to the Critical Mass community, and thanks for being a friend of the radio thank show. Thank you. This is very kind of you to even offer me this opportunity. So thank you. It was awesome. Thank you. I'd like to thank our engineer for today, Paul Roberts, and also our producers, because without our producers, we wouldn't be able to do this show. Joan Park, Crystal Nunley, and Haley Stern. Uh, If you'd like to connect with me on social media, let's start with LinkedIn. I'm Richard Franzi, F-R-A-N-Z-I, Franzi, and we'll go from there. And if you're looking for some interesting reading for your summer vacation, may I suggest Killing Cats Leads to Rats, Mitigating the Unintended Consequences of Business Decisions. It's available on Amazon, Barnes & Noble, other quality bookstores, bunch of different formats. Pick up a copy. I hope you'll enjoy it. And until our next show, I hope all of your business decisions will move your company in a positive direction. You have been listening to Crit Mass Radio Show Business Talk Show, focused on exploring topics of interest to CEOs who are leading middle market companies. With your host, Richard Franzi.